0: It's green for go, they're racing. He says go, he says tara. And Tiger Tara roars away from them on the home turn. Here comes another big boil over. Equine athleticism is about its best. The king is in the castle once more. This is in one race, the rest are almost in another post She is a star with a capital S. It's going to be a triple treat, a miracle 3 peeps Ladies and gentlemen, you have witnessed history here at Menangal. What about that? It's getting right up on the sprint lane and it's going to bolt in. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Sprint Lane Podcast. Paul Cochran with you as we continue the build-up to the inaugural running of the world's richest harness race, the Tab Eureka. Of course, Saturday night here at Tabcourt Park, Menangle. I'm standing under perfect blue sunshine on race eve. And uh, and I've got a man who feels very lucky to have drawn the one on Wednesday's Barrier barrier Draw, Dave Moran, with me. Hello, mate. G'day, mate. How are you? Yeah, very good to have you back in Sydney. Um, a track that, you know, we've seen... Uh, good luck, bad luck from you. <laughs> I think everything in between in in big races. Uh, you you'll take the drive on uh, Captain Hammerhead, who came here, saw delivered, and 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 earned a slot uh, through the Singo. Uh, what a fortnight ago now. Gee, time gets away from us pretty quick. But uh, how are you feeling with Captain Hammerhead going into this race? Yeah, no, good. It, um, you know, it's, it's
1: probably the first it's first major race that I've been to for a long time now, where there's really not a lot of pressure. Um, you know, like he, he's. He's stepping up a lot in grade. He, he's come through the single. He's won his last, you know, couple of races quite well. And he's a very progressive horse. So it's, um, you know, there's drawing the barrier one, there's, there's not as much pressure this time. You're, you're drawn to
0: stay on the rail, which is probably where you want to be. So keep turning left. So when you say there's no pressure, though, when you draw one, does that bring some level of pressure in a way? Like, gee, I don't want to get... I don't want to get this wrong and suddenly get trapped. And you know, how how do you think about that? With because it can be a it can be a charm or a curse, can't it? Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, no, it can. You're right. Um, I think as we've seen sort of a couple of weeks ago in that single, the 2400 meter start probably disadvantages the one and two horse probably a little bit. Um, and if you look at that race there, you know he he didn't get out the gate quite good. He ended up fall back the fence and you know got off at the 1200 meter mark sort of thing and and ended up in the one one and won the race and it worked out perfect. But um. You know, tomorrow night, um, you know, with with the race and the different sort of age grouping horses and you know different class of horses to what he probably raced um, a fortnight ago, we probably want to be on the fence anyway. So, um, you know, if if it means we're sort of three fence, four fences, it's not going to be the end of the world. Horses seem to always get a crack at them here, so um, I'd imagine they run it a bit more genuine. So there's just probably no pressure in that way. Um, you know, obviously, like you said, the, these races always create enough hype and a little bit of pressure um, as they do, but yeah, for me tomorrow night it, um, you know, it's quite cosy actually.
0: Back end speed was so impressive in this thing. Oh, you know, what Captain Hammerhead had up his sleeve, you know, when it mattered at the end. You see something similar, uh, keeping that up your sleeve in in the Eureka.
1: Yeah, I reckon. Um, he, he's funny. He, he's a very very quick horse from behind. Like I think um, anyone that's seen his his nutrient heat, um, you know, when he nearly run down Petrarca, um You know, he's exceptionally quick from behind and then he led in the final and then he obviously come from behind here last week but probably um not racing here consistently um last week just just showed when they really dashed halfway around the bendy just left flat footed for a short while um so we'll put the blocks on him this week and um he worked really good the other day so i'd imagine he'll be a lot sharper this time second time around so i'd imagine that'll be the same sort of way they'd run the race um I imagine that it'd be run a lot more genuine, but you know he's going to be in this team. sort of position, he's going to be coming from behind, and um,
0: you know if they if they do go to war, there's there's no horse in the race that's completely out of it. Um, like a, probably a horse that might be might have snuck under under the guard of some people. You know we're certainly in market in this single, but you know to be fair, like particularly here in New South Wales, maybe to, apart from the absolute you know harness racing nuffies who <laughs> were across yeah. it, you know probably not a horse that a lot of people knew a lot about until the last couple of weeks but probably on people's radar for good reason going into this race and one that many think you know could be one that might be a smoky
1: yeah exactly yeah no
0: he's um he,
1: he well it's it's not hard for horses like him to fly under the radar you know like we know um i know as a trainer sort of what he's capable of and and how progressive he's been over the past sort of 12 months so, you know every time he's come back in he's just gone to another level and he just probably um you know, like when we brought him up here for the Derby, um, he, he probably just wasn't quite ready to do what I tried to do on him, and um, and that sort of failed. But then he went for a break, and he's just come back better again. So you can see why he probably flies under people's radar because he hasn't really been in them really top-class races just yet. So, um, yeah, so you can see from their point of view why he has. But he's a, like I said, he's a very progressive type of horse, and he'll um,
0: it, it, be dangerous. You know, as... As well as any, if not better than most, that an angle can be can suit some horses doesn't suit others. It seems like Captain Hammerhead and Menangle might be a comfy fit. Yeah, yeah, he seems to like it up here. I think it might yeah. be the warmer weather. So, what, so is that a, is that something that like uh, uh, it's hard to know until we see the race play out tomorrow night. But there are question marks over some of the. Yeah, you know, the horses that have that have got some hype around them about how they're going to handle this particular track, I, I assume that's probably not a question mark you've got with your horse. No, nah, no, nah, not at all. No,
1: I think, um, yeah, he seems to... This track actually really seems to suit him. He, um, he's a horse that does get in a little bit on the bends and that sort of thing, so this track will suit him down to the ground. Um, as we've seen last week, it didn't bother him at all. He drove good and, um, yeah, dashed up the straight good. So I'd imagine tomorrow night with the pepper on... Um, there's going to be a few that might that may get found
0: wanting, but hopefully it won't be him. Um, we've we've just finished sort of morning track work here at the retention barn. Like, what, what, what's the feeling like? Because you've got you know elite horses who are going to line up in this race, all getting round. What's the feeling like? Do you feel the hype and the buzz starting to build a bit?
1: Yeah, it's actually good. It's it's, it's extremely good. Um, I've been here a couple of times now with Charity Fire, Miracle Miles, and Inter Dominions, and. Um, this is a bit of a different vibe. You know, there's a lot of owners and friends and family and that out here this morning. Um, you know, I think the last time I came out here for Big Sports Breakfast, I, I reckon there was probably 15 or 20 people. You come here this morning, there's probably 30 or 40 yep. at least. Um That's good. It's, it's The weather's good. It's um, it's a great initiative for the industry, really. It um should be a really good buzz, and hopefully tomorrow night they'll get a lot of people here and it'll, it'll be really good. So
0: with getting a spot in this race, when did it become a... Sort of a target for Captain Hammerhead and the connections, you know, to try and, you know, I, I don't know if I don't know whether Captain Hammerhead was in conversations with any other slot holder prior to the Singo at all. Like, yeah, you privy to any of that sort of intel? No, 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 not at all. Um,
1: to be honest, it was it was Alex Alchin that sort of brought the race up to, you know, to my attention. Um, he came down to home, brought a horse down, and we actually went to the Nutrien final night. And um, he said did you did you see that race next week? And we sort of looked into it, and you know, three and four-year-old preference, um, preference to three-year-old and then sex. Um, so it sort of worked out pretty good. It's $50,000 heat if he pulled up good from Bendigo. It was a $50,000 heat with a $100,000 consolation and possibility of the um, Eureka. Well, obviously the Eureka wasn't even on our cards. We didn't didn't sort of plan into that, but I said he's not VicBred eligible. He's still got a few months to go for the British Challenge. I said... Um, be worth taking him up if he pulls up all right and gets through this run, take him up next week for that race and if he performs well, there's a hundred thousand dollar consolation, you know, a fortnight later, same night as Eureka. Why not? So yeah. we thought oh, we'll give it a crack and obviously he performed like he did and um pulled up good, didn't have a hard run and and himself a spot in the Eureka
0: because it's it's intriguing because you got a horse like Leap the Fame and obviously Ke- Kevin Seymour as the owner and the slot holder would have targeted this race for a long long time and you know and been prepped to uh, you know catch a wave secured at Miracle Mile time so there's been a long prep and a long you know end goal for some of these horses does that does that play to the advantage of Captain Hammerhead or you know the, the window's so much shorter and you can just go bang and just soldier through a mini campaign or. Like you was the horse person in yeah. this conversation. Like, how does how does that work to his favour, or or is it a detriment? Yeah, I, I think um, like we
1: have had a pretty good chat with the owner Dominic Martello, and he's not a guy that really likes to overtax his horses, which is you know makes my job a lot easier as a trainer because if you don't you don't think they're ready or you don't think they're right, there's no pressure to go into certain races. So I guess it was more, you know, he he had a couple. Of, he's had a real good grounding. He's had two. Good trials, and then he had um, his heat run at Bendigo, where he didn't have a hard run, and then he obviously won the final, which he led and, and went really well. And it's just more the way that he's that he's got through it. So I think I think his preparation leading into a race like this is, is nearly perfect. You know, his first run here he had a soft run, and then obviously he's drawn drawn to have a soft run tomorrow night, even though they're going to run it pretty genuine. He's not going to get really beaten about. And there's other horses in this race that i'm sure they probably haven't had the preparation that the trainers would have liked them to have so yeah i think um yeah i I think it's i think it's perfect for a horse like him he's he's not overtaxed he's young he's enthusiastic he's he's top of his game at the moment um you know where some of the others they just might not be so yeah we'll see what happens uh you like the idea of the eureka concept i think it's great yeah i think it's i think it's really good um It's one thing that Melbourne don't seem to have compared to Sydney at the moment. It's just... Just one. Yeah, well... (laughs) 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 Probably more than just one. But uh, uh, these races are great. Like I I remember driving up around country New South Wales and and you go to them little tracks like Leeton and Yagower and all them and and the concept of having that little carnival, you could kind of say, is is really, really good. And to bring it to to our main place like here today and tomorrow, it's going to be... yeah, it's going to be great for harness racing. You've got Bird to Token that comes, so you're going to get a lot of fam- family and friends and that, and it's it's going to be great, really.
0: Yeah, um, it, it's certainly the future, isn't it? I mean, three year, three years, the the Tab Eureka will be here at at, at uh, Court Parkman Angle. So, you know, the, the chances are like, we're seeing horses that have just been you know, just literally starting to starting to walk and learn to run yeah. they are going to be the future champions, aren't we? That, that's the way, you know. And so there's a there's an incentive for the industry to sort of target a race like this with the amount of money that's up for grabs
1: yeah 100 percent um you know you look at well just for example like the two three-year-olds that are in it tomorrow night and then you got horses you got horses that didn't accept like better be the best than them you like every year you you make that that three and four-year-old race every single year you've got them three-year-olds that you know are the question mark can they beat the older ones this and that and then you got them backing up the next year hopefully so it's it's a great concept i think it's um something that we've never, ever had, and it's a great initiative, that's for sure. Yeah, you mentioned Birds of Tokyo. You'll be front and centre? Yeah, yeah, well, hopefully, uh, hopefully jump up on stage and
0: <laughs> do a little duet. A bit of Jack, Jack, <laughs> Jack after Revol- the grand final <laughs> stop. <laughs> Mr Brightside. Um, mate, I sit at the top, we, we've seen you know, good and bad luck follow you at this track. How do you feel coming back here? I mean, you, you've seen the best and worst of, of what racing can cough up on this track. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I have. Uh, probably not many drivers that have been
1: Beaten on protest in an the Dominion, <laughs> I think I've run. Uh, I've, won a, I've won a chariots here. I've run second in three Miracle Miles and yeah, the and unfortunate in inter- you
0: know Lock and Bar Art's journey around yeah. yeah around Miracle Mile time as well. Yeah, yeah. No,
1: it's been uh, it's been good and bad. It's yeah, it's there's nothing that I sort of look back on and you know that you really regret or anything like that. It's just how it goes. But I'm sure there's a lot of people that probably haven't had that much success here either. So it's it's been good and bad to me, but. Um, yeah, it's,
0: it's always good coming up here, really. So you think that, um, you know, at some point luck turns, so maybe it's tomorrow night. Yeah, it's got to turn sometime. <laughs> um, all right, so ha- how much have you thought about this? I mean, you're as, we, as we've said a couple of times, the, the window for the horse has been so short, the shortest of any horse going into this race. Um, so the same applies to you as, as the driver and the man who's going to pilot a horse. How much prep and planning have you been able to put in and to sort of think through how this might play out? Yeah,
1: to be honest, it, it's actually, as a trainer, it, it's, it's been perfect. Um, even though it was so quick and, you know, we didn't really think about it too much, it's actually been perfect. You know, the horse has travelled great. He's, he's a real kind fella anyway. He, not much really bothers him. So it, it's been good it's Been good for me. It, um, you know, he's easy going, which makes my job a little bit easier. And then, obviously, with your fortnight gap, you know, we had the single, and then the fortnight in between. So just makes things a bit easier and you can sort of... Do things, you know, how you really want to do them.
0: Yep. Tell us about getting the slot because the Singo was an interesting concept. I mean, each of the slot holders have had a different way of going about it and the single was a different one again. And, you know, one thing John Singleton said was, look, I'm going to have this race, but I'm not necessarily going to pick the winner because, you know, sometimes racing can can be, you know, have misfortune in, in running. So he didn't want to commit to the winner. Um, like, how did you feel going into the race? Did you feel like maybe... A decision had already been made or that there was something up for grabs like just we talk about that bit what was it like going into that race
1: yeah i um <clears throat> I, to be honest I, I had a kind of like i had an inkling i don't know why but just before the race you know john come down he looked at all the horses and he's a really impressive looking looking horse and i i thought he sort of hung around the stable for a little while and and had a good look at him and cast his eye and um i sort of half had an inkling then that it, that he was pretty keen on him um Going into the race, I honestly thought Tim's a Trooper was going to be extremely hard to beat. I, yeah. I didn't think we could, when I said I didn't think we could probably beat him. I
0: just thought he was a class runner of the field. And well, he was crunched in betting. Yeah, exactly. For the Eureka in the lead up to the Singer as well. Yeah, exactly. So there was, yeah, there was a lot of people thinking that's the way it might have gone.
1: Yeah, well, I think he was, I think he opened up $4 or four eighty or something, he ended up starting $1, $1. at yeah. $1.70 or whatever yeah. it was. But, you know, he'd been competing in really good races, um, you know, coming up against Leap to Fame and all them horses in through Queensland Carnivals and... I just thought well, if he was to find the top, which I thought he probably nearly would um you know, I don't know what'll beat him, but the way it panned out um you know whether he was a little bit disappointing or our bloke was just too good um you know it was hard to know, but I thought when we won the race that um yeah that he'd most likely pick yep. him, you know being a three year old he's going to draw good and um and he's probably the most progressive runner in the race the
0: way the way it panned out so what happened next because it was about an hour then before it was it was announced and you know and verified that that Captain Hammerhead had the slot. So what what happened in that hour?
1: Yeah, well I uh, I just went back and I was on my own on that night. So I I went back and we were just packing the gear up and sorting the horse and that out. And um, David Watson come down and and he just said, would you be able to come out and just make a presentation at uh, the front in another five minutes or something? I said, yeah, sure. I didn't think much of it. And then uh, and when I seen Singo up there, I was walking across the grass and I thought, well they would nearly select him for sure. They're not going to get me out to select someone else.
0: <laughs> so, what did he did? Singer come up and like then ask you like, do you, "Can I have the like? How did? It, what was the conversation?"
1: No, nah, well, I think he got wound up in a little bit. He let it slip before he was meant to. So, uh, right. so he was. He had the microphone in his hand and uh, he was up there sort of having a chat and um, yeah, he, he was talking away and sort of announced it. Uh, <laughs> so it was news to you yeah, when he announced news, it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, I, I gathered. Uh, I gathered that we were probably going to get the slot anyway yeah. walking across the grass, but, um, yeah, no, he, l- he let it slip pretty quick, so it worked out well.
0: Right, so what happened then? Like, so then the slots announced, because there's photos of him with the horse back in the state, like, there's, there's a few conversations kind of happened then, and yeah. there's, some, there's some logistics need to be discussed as well around how the slot works. And Yeah, exactly.
1: Like well, um, yeah, we, we didn't really, like I said, we, we didn't really plan on, we knew there was an opportunity that you could possibly get selected, but we thought that, you know, he most likely wouldn't. If Tim the Trooper was to come out and win, he'd probably get the slot. Um, so yeah. So when when it uh, when we got selected, um, it was more it was more about um, them talking to Dominic. You know, he owns a horse, yeah. and it was sort of that was out of my hands. Then that was that was their job to sort out. And um, so yeah. So they had a they had a pretty good chat over the next few days. I'm I'm sure and and sorted it all out. And Dom rang up and yeah, he said we're we're all good to go. So it's it's been been a bit of a whirlwind since then. You know, Dominic puts a lot of a lot of time and effort and money into the game, and he's that excited about it. It, um, it it's really good for
0: him. Well, mate, you you're uh, you're a lightweight driver. Um, you got the one. You're gonna have a stack of singles money on the on the gig <laughs> with you, I reckon. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He likes a punt. They tell me that. They tell he me. He likes that. a punt. Well, I uh, I reckon he. I reckon um, if it shortens, I know why. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if it wins, I might have to hit him up. Take
1: take us out on the yacht. Get a couple of girls passing
0: the cabana and cheese round, <laughs> mate. It's going to be a fantastic night, isn't it? I mean, regardless of the result, just the spectacle. It's um, I know that you know having been part of the organising committee and you know and, and having some oversight of what the, the ceremony and the pageantry is going to look like for this race, particularly you guys as drivers and the horses and how you're going to be presented to the crowd, everything else that goes around it, trophy being delivered, national anthem being done by Ricky Lee. You know, one of our Iconic singers in this country, Birds of Tokyo. It's just a. It's going to be an event, isn't it? It's yeah. just got a, a real blockbuster night
1: feel to it. It is, yeah. No, it's going to be terrific. It's yeah. Like I said, it's. I've been to. Um, I've been to the biggest races here, and um, yeah. This feels like it's going to be something special. Big crowd
0: too. Like, does that impact on the horse? Like, a, like has Captain Hammerhead been in front of a mass crowd? I mean, it was you know there wasn't many people here the night of the Singo. Yeah, we're talking. Five six thousand people minimum.
1: I think it. I think it definitely plays a part. Like I noticed just today, um, just with you know all these people out the front of the retention barn and that way going to the track, um, he was he was a lot more up and about today than what he was a fortnight ago. In a good way, or yeah, in a good way. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, he, he was very bright, very alert. Yeah. Um, there's a lot going on. So yeah, tomorrow, um, it definitely plays a part. It plays a part to everyone. I think. Like it doesn't matter whether you're a trainer, driver, horse. You know, you get that atmosphere going and it's, it gets everyone up and about. It's like when you're playing footy, you know, you're, you're playing in the seniors and you run out, there's no reserve grade, you run out on an empty field. It, it's an eerie feeling sort of thing, but you get a heap of people there and it, it gets everyone up and about. It's great. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, mate, good luck. I mean, as, as you said, you've, you've seen the best and worst of what can happen in big races on this track. I hope everything plays out well for you um, tomorrow night. Let's just hope the horse gets around in one piece. That's, that. you know, that's first and foremost. And, uh, and mate might be a, just a, a spectacle of a race that we, we expect it could play out. Who you got to beat? Oh, Leap to Fame, I, th- I guess, think? is the main one to
1: beat. But Catch away it's going to be a great race. If Catch Catch a a Wave, Park's Leap to Fame, well, it's going to
0: be quite so like a, a good race. Yeah, yeah, and then you just come along and whack. Oh, that's get plan. them at the end. That's the plan. Anyway, we might upset a few. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, good luck, mate. I, I, I'm i fascinated. So I think that's the, the beauty of this race is there's so many what-ifs and there's a fascination about what horses are going to handle what, how. Tactics will play out. Who, whether you get off the arm, you know, yep. or do you, you know? Th- so you're you're a key player. How you you approach the start of the race? Yeah, that's I think, right. and you're going to impact how you do it. And that's up your sleeve. How you do it, how the horse responds, is going to impact on a lot of other horses. So, yeah, yep, yeah exactly. It's it's going to be a fascinating uh, fascinating event to be part of. Um, good luck. And uh, just enjoy it, mate.
1: Yeah, no, Enjoy cheers, it. Mate. I, no, be as, very a, good.
0: as an enthusiast and someone involved in the admin side of it, oh, I can't wait. I can't imagine what it must be like for you guys there. To everyone listening, get around the tab, Eureka. This is the inaugural running of the World's Richest Race. It's here to stay. It is the future of our sport, and it is going to be massive. Don't forget, you can see it on Sky Racing, Sky Thoroughbred Central as well. Most of all, if you're in the area... Get online the Clubman Angle website. There's still tickets up for grabs. You can get. It's free to attend. You just got to get online and register for a ticket. Dave Moran, thanks for your time, mate. Yeah, cheers, mate. Thank you yep. very much for having me on. Good luck to everyone listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time on the Sprint Lane. Bye bye.